Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Wild Grace podcast, where we discuss all the juicy things related to the feminine and sacred sexuality mysteries. Today, I'm joined by Reva and Freya, the custodians of this wild, robust mama that is Wild Grace. And also just to note, Wild Grace has taken flight. She spread her wings and officially landed in the world. We just had our first live in-person boutique container in Costa Rica. And honestly, for me, this is so exciting because in the time that I've journeyed with Wild Grace for the last couple of years, it's always been in lockdown or online, which definitely had a magic of its own. But to finally be stepping into the world and meeting people in the person, I think that, yeah, after what we've all been through in the pandemic, this is truly special, sacred, and yeah, just deep, deep gratitude for where we're at. So today's topic is on sacred sexuality. And this is a big topic, I'll admit, but what I've started noticing, and Raven Frey, I think you would agree, is that this whole idea of sacred sexuality is really evolving from where began and really initiated thousands of years ago, especially the last few decades with this love evolution and newfound expression of sexuality and liberation. And since the Me Too movement as well, the term sacred sexuality has evolved and it doesn't mean what it did years ago. So where do we find ourselves now in this space? I have to say, I'm really excited about the juiciness of this topic today, what it means to me and the journey that we've all been on around sexuality. It's such a winding path of discovery and knowing that it doesn't really end, but it's merely a continuation of not just my own reality, but generational reality and social reality. And they're all just expanding. And we're at a place now with the work that we do at Wild Grace, where we get to observe and choose what parts of sexuality am I going to continue integrating and working with? And actually what patterns and stories can I let go of because they're actually no longer serving me, no longer supporting my own growth and evolution within this area. Mm, And yeah, I feel that the emergence of neo-tantra has really started to weave in all of these elements of stories and modern psychology and philosophy. So that's definitely woven into this new definition of sacred sexuality. It's more than just ritual and embodiment. There's somehow like additional layers to it. And I think we're still kind of discovering what that is, especially with the Aquarian era upon us and intense globalization and sense of information. So yeah, this baby's growing in a way. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me because everybody has their own relationship to their sexuality. Mm. That relationship gets to be a part of how people move, how they express themselves, how they dance, how they touch, how they sound, how they vocalize. And we change so much. Like I don't think I would recognize the sexual expression of myself from when I first started. 
at 11 years old to where I'm at now. And I've been really enjoying this process. I just had my birthday yesterday. And I took a pause yesterday to really track my own sexuality and that journey. It's like, oh, what evolutionary path? What is the textural difference of the quality that I've shifted through with each returning to my birthday? As I came through the portal, the great vulvic universe that I so humbly bow before each day. <laughs> she... And I do remember the first time that I went deeply into myself and I felt, oh, there's spirit in here. There's God in here. There's divinity in here. And this concept of God, big man in the sky didn't align with me at all. But this relationship with my pussy did. And that's where I could learn something from. That's where I could grow from. And that growth, that putting a voice to the growth, putting a relationship into that growth is something that I continue to nurture and continue to build with. And I guess that's where the scriptures from so many different religions and input comes from. I believe it comes from there anyway, the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a thread that I kind of want to pull on. So Mm -hmm. let's rewind. Let's go back to our childhoods, to the maiden, to our younger self, our inner child, when did we first start discovering and realizing our sexual and erotic self? And maybe we didn't have the language for it, or we didn't know what we were feeling or what it was, but we knew that it felt good, that it enlivened us, that it was playful, that it was joyful. Like this is erotic innocence without all the projections and the terminology and all the mindy applications that are placed onto this taboo word that is sex and sexuality. So, yeah, this is a question that I want to pose to both of you. Like, what was it like? Like, do what are your first memories of realizing that, oh, my God, I'm sexual being and there's life moving through me? It's interesting for me, because a lot of my childhood kind of got blocked around this. Like I didn't realize that you could touch yourself until I was 14 and was talking with a friend in high school. And she's like, you know, you're starting to read these like sexy novels, but you can literally touch yourself and do the same thing. I was like, I can make myself orgasm. What, what is this? I'd started reading these like deeply erotic novels and got a hold of I think it was the immortal Highlander. Of course it was Scottish themed and like <laughs> fairies. And I was just like, Oh, so into this. But I went on this like discovery journey of feeling really awkward with my body. And then when I like finally kind of like really found my clitoris, I was like, why wasn't I told this from the time I was really little. And I think the only thread that I have to like younger parts of me is <laughs> I was probably five or six And I was watching Beauty and the Beast for the first time. And at the end, the beast turns into a man. I started screaming and crying to my mom. I was like, but she was supposed to love him the way that he was. Why did he change? Why did he have to transform? And like, I was deeply attracted to the beast and Mm -hmm. like wanted to like date the beast. And like, I want to be Belle. And there was this like flavor of, yeah, like this flavor of like eroticism, attraction, something that was alive with kind of like the primal beastly bigness of that kind of 
like dramatic expression of that. So I think that's kind of like the first like kisses of that flavor of energy. But for me, there really wasn't a lot that I can remember because of the very kind of adjacent religious. My family wasn't very religious, but there's adjacent religiousness in my family. So I didn't really start feeling that connection until I was like starting and going through puberty. I love the way you describe these things and that curiosity that suddenly like, what? I was definitely connecting with that part of myself as you were sharing. And I can imagine many people listening to this can as well that, whoa, we can do that. (laughs) I love going back in time to that level of erotic innocence where I didn't know and now I know. It's taught me so much, really has. And I definitely had that process too. I was on a road trip with my aunt through Scotland. It's just her and I. And then we were just driving along. I was in the passenger seat. It suddenly hit me like, it's a hole. It was so sudden. I just didn't even know what to do with it. And I was so enthralled by this concept. I had to ask if I could go use the restroom said please can we just stop and I went into this services and I just explored it I was like it's a hole how deep does it go does anyone else know it's here (laughs) to sew it back up like what's going on is it going to get bigger is it going to get smaller oh my goodness and I just it wasn't sexual at all I was just just curious sticking my fingers up there just to work it out what's it used for was the question I was definitely asking myself and then And it wasn't for quite a while. It must have been at least a month before I realized, oh, there's things to be felt here. (laughs) And then once that started to make sense, other things started to fall in. And I realized that there was a lot of pleasure there. But I also felt like old ancient wisdom was coming through. So I would do these beautiful upward strokes on my yoni and then take these amazing deep breaths and move my awareness up my spine for 10 breaths and then hold it and all of these crazy spiraling things would happen and I still practice this way today when I went to my first tantra school I realized I think I was downloading no, you already had the codes. That's clearly what it was. Yeah. Like you already yeah. had the codes and you were just following what was natural. But the truth is, I mm-hmm. think we all have the codes, but it's almost like yeah. you just kept following the breadcrumbs and it's like, there's a hole and then it feels good. And then keep going. <laughs> and then the breath, and then like, oh my God, like it's all, it's all, it all makes sense. Boom. It's <laughs> delightful. You just, you figured it out all on your own. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing is that we're all from the same generation where, I don't know, in my family, it was not really spoken about. It was, yeah, like I kept my sexuality quite secret and quite to myself. I started developing really young. I started growing my boobies when I was five or six, like really, really young. And a couple of years before that, so I was about four when I started noticing that oh, like certain things feel good. Like I get tickles in my yoni when I do certain things. I knew there was one bridge that my parents would drive over that it was like, I'll get like tingles in my yoni and I would get so excited. Like the jacuzzi spray. Yes, yes. It was always (laughs) on the way to my grandparents' house. Like we're going to grandma's. I'm like, yeah, 
<laughs> we get to go over the bridge. Oh, I love this so much. And, and then I remember, yeah, there was nice when I just couldn't fall asleep as a kid, like being four or five, and I would line up my toys up against the wall and I would perform for them and I would give them a strip show. And I kept all of these things secret and to myself. But despite that, it felt joyous and it felt good and I felt happy. It was so playful, but there was one part of me that was like, oh, this is wrong and I can't talk about it. And I wonder what life would have been like if I would have brought up in a way of what you're feeling is actually sacred and it's beautiful and it's natural and it's okay. Like everything you're feeling, you're meant to be feeling. You know, Mm. I wonder, yeah, if I could have, avoided all the shame that I went through in school, you know, having developed so quickly and being interested in boys and sexuality. But I feel like, you know, with the next generations to come, we're so much more informed. So that's really my wish for the coming generations. And I feel like we are educating ourselves. I'm really excited to see what comes from this generational evolution that we're in with sexuality and I'm already starting to see it in some of my peers having kids the ones who are in this field working with sexuality a dear friend of mine has a lovely child and she was sharing with me this story about her where she sits in front of the mirror quite regularly goes into the garden and picks flowers and then we'll just gaze at herself in the mirror with her legs open and say beautiful yoni beautiful yoni and cover herself in flowers so innocently so open so expansive because she watches her mom do this and that just touches my heart to hear that story knowing that she's growing up in an environment where she's deeply celebrated in such a way and I come from a family that are quite body positive. It was not unusual to see one of my family members just wandering around the house naked, Mm. but not so much. It definitely had a line. There was a boundary in that body positivity. We didn't really talk about sexuality as much. There was definitely an edge there. And I feel like I'm taking that next step in the body positivity piece that I was given as very comfortable to now take it into the sex positive piece where we can celebrate our genitals as well as our shoulders and everything being more open in a considered conscious way. And how lucky are we to be born into this time where we actually can speak about these things and yes, we're still kind of on the edge, but it's not illegal. You know, talking about these things was illegal at some moment in time. Because something that I find interesting with the clients that I work with around this topic and this theme is this part of them that's like, but sexualizing children is wrong. Like we're not sexual when we're children because of all of the like pain and trauma that many of us have experienced as children when it comes to sexuality. And I want to offer that, like, I feel so sad that the truth of like the erotic innocence of children and that they can connect with this aliveness when they're young and that so many young people have that in trying to protect them from harm, we end up using 
shame and fear and all of these tactics that just squish and squash and hide this very natural part of being human, being like biologically mammals, being the beings that we are that are so connected to Eros. And there's excitement that there's space for these conversations and that we're kind of like being on that edge to say, yes, children actually do have Eros and aliveness. And so many of us experience that being squashed or that being taken advantage of. And what is it to really choose to go on this journey of reclaiming the innocence in that? Yeah. And it's also our natural way of being. It's completely unavoidable. It's who we are. It's who we were born to be. It's almost like compounded distortion. So there was a time when we experienced sexual energy in that innocence in a very subtle way. And it looks very different from the way we express sexuality now as adults. You know, we might touch a leaf and it feels really sensual, or we might enjoy using the shower head, or we'll just like having our hair stroked in a particular way. And we forget through that compounded distortion that that's how we felt. And then when we come to a stage of having children, there's that compounded shame has created amnesia in the relationship that we had towards ourselves at a very young age around sexuality. And as a custodian of sexual energy, I feel like part of the work we do at Wild Grace and many people are doing around sexuality is reminding people, hey, once upon a time, you did feel this way when you were a kid. And it just looks different. And we want to bring that out and create safety so that children can go on their own journey without perpetuating the old narrative of that compounding that used to happen. And this is a big shift. This is a big shift that I think that our generation in particular is tapping into. Like we have one of the hardest roles, I feel, because we're kind of in the middle, right? We're kind of the bridge between the old world and the new way of thinking. You know, I remember a time when there was no Wi-Fi and there was no internet and now we're you know, we have everything available to us. So really, I do feel like it's our responsibility to start changing the narrative, to start taking those programs apart. And I actually, I used to work with kids with complex trauma. So very much like in the developmental mental health field. And all of the kids were experiencing some sort of distortion around sexuality and they were all naturally sexual beings. They're teenagers, of course, like they're ripe and they just want to express, but they didn't have models to show them what healthy sexuality looks like, like how to express it in a way that's loving and how to have conversations with people who you're attracted to or interested in that are informed, that are considerate of each other's hearts because sexuality also includes the heart. Like we can have heartgasms. I have many and enjoy them a lot. (laughs) But it's all connected. Like it's not just about the act of sex. It's about the whole body being online for eros you know Mm. and with that all the parts of us Mm. when i'm hearing you talk there's this connection with like what is it to 
invite sacred sexuality as this fear of holding more of ourselves mm. from our inner children and the way that they expressed Eros. Even as both of you loves were talking, I was like, oh, but I did go and roll in mud and experience very ecstatic orgasmic states rolling in mud. So maybe that was my version. And then teenage self, what did that part get attracted to or like? And what were the challenges that these parts experienced too? Like dating and relating when I was a teenager was, oh my gosh, horrendous, terrifying, full of so many layers of shame and fear. And then what is it to kind of like take the gold from those experiences and also like the pain points. And now as adults, where we've also gotten to have other experiences of relationship and sexuality from the body and into beyond, what do we do and how do we hold ourselves with a lot of care and essentially account for ourselves, a sense of accountability for what we're experiencing in our erotic lives and in our sense of aliveness in our life. Cause eroticism and Eros and aliveness go deeply hand in hand to really invite what we're wanting to experience in this lifetime with ourselves, with others in powerful ways. Yeah. And it really starts with us, with ourselves, with changing the narrative with breaking of the old patterns and programs and paradigms within us And one of the most powerful lessons that I've learned along my journey is that pleasure is my responsibility. This has been huge. There was Mm. a period in my life where I felt very disconnected from my sexuality and I didn't have an orgasm. One time was like two years. Another period was one year. And I felt like, you know, at the time was projecting onto my partner, you know, they can't, you know, bring me to pleasure you know, all those sorts of stories. And then when I started taking ownership for my own body and my own felt sentient experience as a human, you know, firstly, a lot of pieces and shit and wounding came up. And then once all of that started to move, like, oh, I'm actually completely sovereign in my sexuality. And then whoever I want to play with, they can join me and we can just be in this playful space together and cultivate more and then expand together. Because this is really a, like for me, sexuality is almost like a religious experience. And this word is interesting, religion, because I feel like in the last few decades, there's been yeah, like a bit of a separation from religion. It's not as active as it was and important as it was to people's lives, you know, as it's been for thousands of years. So this is interesting. So there's like an opportunity for there to be a new kind of religion. Recently, this word temple has been thrown away, that my body's a temple and my body's sacred and to pray at my temple. So there's something happening here as well in terms of, yeah, like shifting, you know, rather than sexuality being sin, it's now like deeply sacred and a religious experience. It's incredible when we have that internal shift to mm. communicating, connecting, going into the body as a temple and seeking wisdom and counsel from our sexuality, from our own errors. And that's why we're at Wild Grace, we're exploring Church of the Wild at the moment as our membership portal. And we're specifically diving into sexuality. 
so that we can build that consistency as a community to continue showing up for our own sexual sovereignty and explore the multiple different ways that we can unlock, unleash, expand, open to ourselves. I mean, we weren't taught these pieces when we were kids and there's actually a lot more in those spaces that can be juiced into once we go further and it becomes this buffet of discovery and a lot of it is in unlocking our creativity. I love Naomi Wolf's book, Vagina, and what she goes into around the history, but also the link the feminine has to creativity in sexuality and how when we're in touch with our own sexuality, we see how it impacts our relationships, how it impacts our professional world, how it impacts our power and our sense of self being worthy of being in the world to expand into the greatest version of ourselves because we are centered in what we're capable of and that comes from sexuality really recommend that book if anyone hasn't read it it's just phenomenal yeah and ultimately we're operating from a space of expansion yes we're centered because it's, it's like the heart is aligned with the eros and then that moves up to the crown and there's an opening and what i find is when I'm in a really deeply centered place and connected to my sexuality. It's like I'm so in flow and I'm magnetic and I feel so connected to everyone and there's no issues. I just see everything so clearly. There's a really mm. deep clarity. Yeah. And so I think within, within that clarity, it's like layers that keep dropping in, right? There's a top layer that you know and then there's the deconstructing until we get to these beautifully refined places and sometimes that's a journey and it takes us through seasons and I'm excited to see what happens within the Wild Grace community at Church of the Wild when we're not just showing up for these bits and pieces but we're showing up for consistency a time that we're going to pray a time that we're dropping into church a time that we allocate to ourselves to do our practice and to expand into different areas that we haven't necessarily touched into, like through a yoni puja or through doing an artistic session with your yoni, through going into the eros in a dance, expressive, dynamic way. Yeah, I feel like there's room to see something different in yourself. And also committing to the cycles as well. It shows and it reveals different parts of you as well. And something about like, you know, continuing to reconnect with a particular circle or space again and again. And actually it's a commitment to yourself. Start to notice like, oh, the energy just kind of, we're not only marinating in it and cultivating it, but it's growing and expanding from the inside out and overflowing into our life. And you start to become more sentient. You start to become your own oracle. There's something in that and being connected to other beings all around the world. You start to notice the ways in which like all the constellations are actually interacting. It's a really magical experience. You start to feel like, oh, well, there's other things going on here that I can't really see. All the subtle layers yeah. start to themselves yeah I actually have a sexual journal that I track myself with 
So I will write about my sexual experiences with other people, but it's not about the other person. It's really about me and witnessing how is my sexuality evolving. And I share about my sexuality with myself. And so I can go back to many years ago and notice where I was at. What was I working with? What was contracting me? What was expanding me? What was juicing on me? Was I super kinky then? Or I think I'm kinky now. But having that sense of where the evolution has been happening allows me to really keep in touch with that and helps the voice of my own temple, my own arrows be witnessed more profoundly. And then I get into the artistic space of that too. It's magic. These are the sort of things we're going to be having fun with in the membership. And like super amounts of fun. Like I want to acknowledge that there's a depth that we're speaking to, but it's also like, it's touching in the orgasmic. It's touching into like, these are the kinds of like gatherings I wanted to have when I was like 14, where it's like, oh my gosh, I have a body and you have a body and we can play epic music and we can like change the world through orgasming and enjoying ourselves and like falling back in love with who we are. Like, it's going to be super fun. Like there will be times where there will be fruit all over your body and you're going to be like, I am in bliss. And there are so many other people around the world who have chosen with this one precious life adventure to do this, to say that this is important, to say that like this aliveness and this love is really important. Mm -hmm. I can just see it now. Like, oh, your pussy looks like this. Mine looks like this. I always wanted to have that when I was a kid. I was definitely a show and tell. But <laughs> <laughs> it's also like, let's compare. And for me, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, there's other beings out there, that there's other witches out there as well who are interested in the same things as me and want to, you know, do rituals and create things and be naked at the same time. But yes. <laughs> like you actually want to howl under the moon naked by a fire and a lake and then jump in the lake and then like touch ourselves. And then, and you uh, wait, there are others. It's like real. Whilst, whilst covered <laughs> in dirt and mud and blood, maybe. Uh... Blood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There are, there's many of us and we're rising. It feels like there's more and more Mm. that are kind of coming out and coming alive and reawakening. And I love this word reawakening because it's not like we're awakening. It's something that's, it's always there. We're just reminding ourselves. It's like as kids, we knew. Yeah. We knew. We definitely did. I definitely believe that it's not uncovering the new, it's rediscovering what we knew. Yeah. And it's something that's, it's in ourselves, it's in our karmic lineage, and it's been suppressed over time by external Mm -hmm. factors. And this is the time, this is the portal, this is the opportunity to start to be reborn and it's it's amazing because when we do this work the generations before us feel it and we get to see the Mm. impact of it in front of us as well I've had my mother say to me and cry thank you for doing this work I am so proud of you so glad you're moving through the trauma that came with sexuality from my generation and I feel really celebrated by her and my my grandmother didn't say those words in this physical incarnation as human, 
but when she passed over, she came to me at one point and she shared something similar. Just, I'm really happy that this is happening and this is moving forward because it's time to let it go. Mm. And I felt it as like a lightness that came over me. Oh, thank you for your blessing. And I know that my kids will live a very different life to the ones that went before. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, thank you for sharing, darling. I really felt that. And wow, yeah, I just kind of felt like my lineage kind of popping up as well. And yeah, just so much trauma and sadness when this is really a place of joy. And this is what Church of the Wild is. So I think the links for Church of the Wild will add it to this post and click in and check it out. So before we wrap up, are there any other hot pieces that are wanting to come through? I just want to tell you loves a little bit more about Church of the Wild because it turns me oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see you just like sitting there, like, just like wondering. Yeah, because I'm super excited about this. And what we landed in, there were various different iterations that started emerging from Church of the Wild. First, it was going to be like shadow alchemy and then like some ecstatic things and then blood mysteries. And we're like, no, 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 no. We need to strip right back, strip right there to the core of what wild grace is calling us into, which is the sacredness and the sanctity of our eros and the deep aliveness and medicine that can move any mountain that's been put between us and anything we desire in our experience of being human to move. So we have two really delicious offerings that will be happening on new moons and full moons each month for the next year and continuing. And there'll probably be more. I really want to start a Sunday like church sermony thingy because I think I've wanted to do that since I had to listen to so many church thingies. So there'll be more things that come in. But right now we're really offering erotique, which is a deep dive into self-pleasure and into deeper connection with the body and specifically our genitals and our sex. And having this like really juicy, beautiful and diverse opportunity to connect with our sexuality this way. So erotique is going to be just like super juicy, super alive and super in connection with kind of like the slowed down erotic body kind of play. And we also on the full moons have ecstatic temple. I'm contemplating changing its name to ecstatica because I think it sounds really sexy. But these spaces are for more of the dance, the movement, the catharsis, the like touching yourself with oil and flower petals while you're like grinding to epic music that's just like moving you to the core. This is a space for more of our aliveness to move and to play from kind of that like dance embodiment space. And something else that's really cool is like you'll get all of our playlists, which I don't know if you like music. Most humans do. And music moves us in our lives and changes our lives. So you get all of our playlists and you also get into like our like super secret uncensored coven, which in the world is like, it's really hard to talk about these topics out in the world. So you get to be intimately with us, with the head trainer team and any of the other like trainers of Wild Grace that we invite in to co-teach. And you can ask us questions about sexuality. You can get answers from us. You can be curious about your journey and we can kind of point you in the directions of your own self-discovery. 
especially as, yeah, we're navigating like thousands of years of trauma, all of us, when it comes to leaning into healing and inviting and expressing this wild aliveness. So it's super juicy, highly recommended, and it's going to be open all year. So if you're hearing this two years later and you're like, oh my gosh, Church of the Wild, I got to come. We've got it somewhere. Come find out what Church of the Wild is now. That's hot. That's on fire. Like I can feel that. Wow. Thank you so much for bringing that in and talking a little bit more about it. I also love Ecstatica, FYI, because it feels like ecstatic. Ah. So yeah, I think that's going to stick. Okay. So the links are in there. You've got all the info and we'll see you there. All right, loves. Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.